0: To the Hope is Powerful podcast. My name is Karen Sebastian Worth, affectionately known as the Hope Lady, and I'm here to share with you a hope infusion. I know you may be in a dark place right now, but you will get through it. You can go f- from rock bottom to the mountaintop. Let's start taking steps towards that today. Welcome to Hope is Powerful. This is the Hope Lady, Karen Sebastian Worth, and I am here today with the next letter in the alphabet of the ABCs for self-care for caregivers. What a joy it has been to revive this blog that I wrote in the heat of my caregiving time. I remember this particular one, the H, having the biggest impact on me. I'm calling it, have a good cry when needed. I can tell you that the exhaustion and the sadness of caring for someone who continues to deteriorate that gets worse each time you go to the doctor is not for the faint of heart. And very often as a caregiver, you end up being the quote unquote strong one so that others are not feeling it, or even the patient themselves. I remember those days so keenly, especially last episode, I was referring to the time that my late husband Bill was in the intensive care unit ICU for so very long. And that one was gee, go outside. But this one, have a good cry when needed was something that I wish that I had done better. Have you ever had someone ask you how your loved one is doing and you choke back the tears because you don't want to be seen as weak. You don't want to be seen as that you're making it about you. And yet there is a pre grieving as a caregiver. I like to say that if that is the type of caregiving that you're giving for someone with a, which is I call a chronic condition that seems to be getting worse and worse, that then that can truly be like once a quarter, you get a reality check and you didn't think it could get any worse. And it did. And so I remember those days so well, and I remember the hardness that I felt inside, it just would be like a knot that would come up into my throat. And then I couldn't talk. And then that would make me mad. And then I felt like I was a mess. I know that as I traveled towards the end of one of the hardest things that I had to do towards the end just before my husband moved to heaven was to resume travel because our finances were in a situation where I needed to, and the opportunities came up for me to go do what I had done for so many years, which is to do corporate training in different cities. And the first time that I left, when I got back, I was talking with our daughter, who had cared for her dad. She said, Mom, how did you do it? I said, what do you mean? She said, the first night after I left him, just before I could even drive home, I just sat in the car and sobbed because I had no idea how far his condition had deteriorated. And I think that's what I'm telling you is that sometimes we are the strong one to cover for the one that's know, I'm not sure why we do it, but I'm telling you that if you need to have a good cry, go ahead, give yourself permission to have a good cry. And that's what I told my daughter. I said, sweetie, I'm so glad that you let that out because carrying that around can really be detrimental to your endocrine system, your nervous system, everything in you, your strength, and can interrupt your sleep. There's so many things with that. So my scripture for this time is, you keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all the tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book, Psalms 56, 8 in the New Living Translation. Now this is what gives me permission to cry. Because when I am crying for a truth-based sadness, such as a condition that keeps getting worse, the death of a loved one, and most recently, our world, our country, with the death of those children, it is something that the tears... Come and we need to be willing to cry those tears and know that they make a difference. And that's what I want to talk about your self care. I see this. Psalm, this verse in Psalm 56, as the best reason of all to cry. Because if God is keeping track of your sorrows, he knows what you feel. He knows what you're going through. And he says, it matters to me. So here's your active self here with this letter. First of all, face your emotions. What are you feeling? Maybe anger. You may feel angry because you feel like no one else is stepping up. Emotions are neutral. To be able to feel those emotions fully it's a blessing. It's basically telling you that you're carrying a burden you weren't built to carry. If you're feeling angry, if you're feeling really sad and depressed, you, are, you don't have to carry that. Tears can provide a release of those pent-up emotions so they don't stay in your body as stress symptoms such as fatigue and pain, or they don't come out another way like anger Crying is actually going to help you to release that stress and is going to improve your health. Number two, refuse to apologize for your tears. For some reason in our culture, when another person cries, it makes others uncomfortable. And so that odd feeling, that, dis- that uncomfortable feeling makes us want to apologize for those tears. But I'm going to tell you, don't do it. It is not making you weak to cry. The opposite is true. It takes strength and self-awareness to be able to cry. And crying is going to make you feel better even when the problem persists. Tears are part of the process that can heal your heart. So don't hold them back. For both men and women, tears are a sign of courage, strength, and authenticity. Tears show that you care. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. The third part of your active self-care is ride the wave to comfort. In my second book, The Power of Hope and Mourning, Ride the Waves to Comfort, I share the analogy of how grief can hit you like a wave. And if you are in the ocean holding a beach ball and trying to keep that emotion down, that's going to take, first of all, a lot of energy. Secondly, it's going to pop up somehow or another you can't hold it down. And so it's going to come out as anger. It's going to come out as something in, uh, in your body. It can be actually really ugly. If instead, you just allow that sadness to come to you and you sit in that for a minute, you recognize, I feel really sad. And if this is truth Faced sadness. By that I mean there has been something that has happened that makes you sad, not because you're putting yourself down, but just simply because it is a sad situation. Then give yourself permission to ride that way to experience that emotion. And then it doesn't build up into a tsunami. It doesn't become so big. And I think that is something that we need to remember as a culture. So often instead of tears, we are lashing out in anger. We're lashing out in anger to others. The one thing about your tears is that this awareness that God is aware of your sorrow, I want to show you that you can literally open your hands, place that sorrow there, and ask him to carry it. You weren't intended to carry that. He wants to carry that for you. I want to share a scripture that describes the difference between grieving without hope and godly sorrow or mourning. Jesus says in the Beatitudes, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. That was the scripture I stood on when Bill moved to heaven. Listen to this one, 2 Corinthians 7.10 in the voice. Now, this type of deep sorrow, in other words, godly sorrow, is not so much about regret, but it is about producing a change of mind and behavior that ultimately t- leads to salvation. See, godly sorrow is not about regret and not about me. Basically, godly sorrow allows me to change. It allows me to embrace what's happening with hope. But the other type of sorrow, worldly sorrow, often is fleeting and only brings death. And I have been caught in the second kind of grieving where it became a poor me club and I can't believe this is happening to me. And this hope was sucked out of my situation. And so that's what many people are afraid that if they start crying with that kind of worldly sorrow, that they'll go down a bunny hole They'll just go into a hole and not be able to come back out. But I am here to tell you that godly sorrow or mourning where you are acknowledging the sadness that you feel and you're having a good cry, at the end of that, you will be refreshed. You will feel differently. You will feel like you can pick it back up and keep going. And that's what I want the most for you. I know that you may be in a very difficult place right now, but I want you to ride those waves to Jesus, ride the waves to comfort and stop being so strong. Those tears help you process loss. And even when a loved one is still with you, but maybe it's the loss of being able to go on a vacation, or maybe it's the loss of a job that you loved. And now you're caring for this person full time. You've given up your ambitions. You've given up your dreams. And you want to be able to feel that sorrow, like I said before, and ask the Lord to carry it for you. And this will demonstrate hope in a very precious way because kindness comes out of this kind of tears. You're relating to others. You're feeling what you're feeling, but you're giving them permission to feel what they feel. Have a good cry when you need it. And then when you're done, pick back up, keep taking care of your loved one. But most of all, It's a way to take care of yourself. And as you do that, at the end of each crying session, be sure to channel all that emotion into gratitude for what God has given you, for the privilege that you have, like I talk about in the very first letter of this series, accept your role with honor, gratitude for the honor to do what you do knowing that you will receive the strength that you need. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, that you care about my sadness. It's amazing to me that you take time to track what I'm going through. You are that interested in me. And what I love most about you, Lord, is that it's never too much for you. In fact, these tears are so precious that you have a special bottle where you collect them, and then you write the sorrows down in your book. Thank you for that level of thank you that you are not distant and far away. But in fact, you are very close and near to the brokenhearted. Thank you for embracing me and comfort me when I mourn and that you are so close when my heart is broken. I'm so grateful for that. And if you cherish my tears, so will I, knowing that crying may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for tuning in to Hope is Powerful, the ABCs of self-care for caregivers. Let me know if this is blessing you. Let me know what other things you need as a caregiver, what level of support you you could use right now. It is such an honor to be part of your life of this journey. And I support you with prayer. And I am more than happy to have you DM me specific prayers. I know that you may feel like you are at rock bottom right now, but through hope, you can take steps that are going to take you to the mountaintop. See you next time. Thanks so much for listening to the Hope is Powerful podcast. Subscribe now and join our Facebook group, The Power of Hope, for more hope infusions. Until next time, keep looking up for hope rays.